Coat of Popularity Podcast. And welcome back to the Cult of Popularity Podcast. The only cult that won't poison your water supply. So this week we are tackling... <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were going to jump in with something. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I was... Yeah. I had nothing. All right. As always, I'm Trent and this is Josh. I am Josh. This week we're taking on Round the Twist, an Australian classic. Burnout game franchise. The Burnout game franchise. Get that one right. And Die Hard. Potentially the greatest Christmas movie ever made. It would definitely be one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. We'll probably touch on uh, whether it's technically a Christmas movie or not, but it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's the best one. <laughs> so, where do you want to kick off? Um, let's go. Do, you, do we want to start with Round the Twist? Start off with Round the Twist? Iconic Australian TV show? I would say it was iconic. I mean, especially for people growing up. Cool. Sounds like my brother's in laws He's here. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> um, where were we? Round the twist. Round the twist. Uh, one of the yeah, one of the really iconic Australian TV shows, especially from for our sort of generation, I guess. Nineteen mm, ninety. Yeah, the show actually started the well started being made the year that we were born. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Good year. Yeah. Good year. At least nineteen ninety, I think. Those first two series as well. So there's a massive gap between the last two. I think the first two are more memorable as the ones that we probably saw. Yeah. I do remember the other two because I guess they were more around our after-school time that they were on, so I don't 2000, 2001, but obviously they played lots of re-airings of the original two. They're yeah. the ones I remember. Yeah, they're the, they're the ones I remember as well. I still remember the actual, the very, very first episode. Uh, where they sort of show up at the lighthouse and they mm, mm. Well, they go check it all out and they're running and the kids are checking out their rooms and the kids aren't stoked to be there and so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, in that episode as well, um, so Paul Jennings, who was the author of a series of short stories which were actually then used and adapted for the first two series, he's actually in that first episode. So, you know, the, the ghost that's trying to show them where the painting is in the toilet in yeah. that episode? Yeah, that ghost is actually Paul Jennings. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. It's one of those, that was something I did not know. Uh, it was plagued by a lot of recasts. <laughs> it was. Like, a lot. I think, yeah. I mean, even between the first two series there, where you can kind of understand when there was like an eight-year gap between like the second and the third, while they would have to recast, but there yeah. was still a lot of recasting done um, just between the first and the second series. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a big gap to fill... Between the two and that, that does make sense. No, or I have it there that every role, every role in the show was recast at least once. Yeah, so everyone's so, everyone's been recast. But yeah, some of them being multiple times, like it was almost a different actor every season for some roles. Yeah, I think crazy. the one that had the most consistent role would have been Mark Mitchell. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, he his was the role that was only so Mister Gribble. Yeah. His role was on the recast once, originally played by Frankie J. Holden. Old Frankie J. What was his TV show yet? Was it in Melbourne Tonight? I don't know. Yeah, like a game show with like, it was him and Denise Drysdale were on there. Yeah. Very Australian. I think it was a good recast. Uh, Mark Mitchell is, you know, 
immensely talented comedic actor. He is. Uh, from his various sort of comedy skit shows and stuff that he was on back around that time period, most notably playing Con the Fruiterer. Yes. Beautiful. Con the Fruiterer is great. I think any, if anyone hasn't seen who that is, they should look it up on YouTube. Yeah. I'm sure there's been that beautiful on there. was really bad too. The was, the my beautiful then was really bad. <laughs> and beautiful. No, even though I can't do it. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's a great, great character of his. But yeah, he did the the role of Harold Gribble very well as well. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah, he retained it even after the eight year gap. So good on him. Yeah, good on you, Mark. If you're listening. Yeah, mm. I don't think he will be. But no, I don't think he will be either. We can couple, of, couple of days. <laughs> so Tamsin West, who was the actress that that originally played Linda Twist, she actually sung the the theme song. Very iconic theme song. The very iconic Tell you theme what, you can't be an Australian child who grew up in the 90s and not know yeah. the words to that song. That's right. To the point now where if someone actually ever just says, have you ever, randomly in, in a sentence... People will say, ever felt, it, ever like, felt this. like this. Because when strange things happen, are you going around the twist? And it actually included like a lot of... The song itself included like a lot of like children's like tales. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, it's like a bunch of different... Nursery rhymes just kind of strung together. Yeah, chopped together. Which was cool. It was very cool. But yeah, they they never actually redid the opening theme. So Tamsin West technically is one of the only people that does make an appearance throughout the whole four series. Even if it is just her singing the opening theme song. Yeah. It's a stretch, but it's valid. It is, it is a bit of a stretch, but she's there in spirit, I guess. Yeah. So it was... Is it Esben... Esben Storm? Esben Storm, yeah. Crazy name. Yeah, it was director and writer for um, Around the Twist. And he played Mr. Snapper in the show as well. Mm. I don't know. I think that was a role that was recast. I just don't think he was in the fourth series. Maybe he's the only one that actually avoided the, the cut. Well, being, the, being the creator of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Using a bit of pull. He actually was also writer, script writer and director for... Genie from Down Under, which I remember that was another no, no, was iconic good. show from around that time. Reese Maldon in it in the first series as the Genie. Yeah. He was great. And then, oh. Who they recast as him? Oh, it's Lindy someone. What was his name? I Chamberlain, no. No, no. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember. You, you, know, you know his face. Like, I saw his face. I was like, oh, I know who that is. He's, uh, he was in... Is he McLeod's daughters? I know that much. Is he, wasn't Reese Maldon in, uh, in McLeod's daughters as well, though? They could, they, it can be both. He also created the Little Elvis and the Truck Stop, Little Elvis Jones and the Truck Stoppers. Fantastic cartoon. Excellent cartoon. That was one that I actually really did enjoy coming or wanting to go and see when I got home. But yeah, no, Esmond's home actually worked within the Australian Children's Television Foundation uh, for 15 years. So there he had a lot of input input I would say to a lot of the stuff that we remember watching after school as kids yeah I always remember in Little Elvis Jones and the Truck Stoppers and we may even do an episode on that later on down the track like dedicate an actual no I think we should do we should do like dedicate one to like after school cartoons like an after school special yeah hey an after school special yeah why don't you do that yeah I reckon would be good you know let us know if you're if you'd be keen for that, yeah, or any it. suggestions or cartoons or TV suggestions. shows. We've got that, one suggestion for a uh, for a movie to review or to to talk about. So far, we do need a TV show and a video game, and then we can do a suggested episode. Mm, certainly. So, if you've got any, you know, send them in. 
can message us on Facey or just put a comment up on the wall there. Um, Sandy Winton. Sandy Winton. Was, no, it was Sandy, not Lindy. No, it was Sandy Winton <laughs> was the, the uh, second genie. Oddly enough, Mark Mitchell was also in uh, Genie from Down Under as well, which is not... Did he also play a sort of... Because well, there, was, there was someone that was trying to take the, the opal from her, which contained the genies in that. Yeah. Who did he... I'm pretty sure he was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not that uncommon. You see it a lot in Australian no, TV yeah. shows, especially. <laughs> so, like, uh, they have lots of actors to pick from. They don't have a wide pool. Hugh Jackman's not on call every day. No. Uh, round with some of my favourite episodes, though, were, like, the ones where... Uh, there's the one with the like the things like the the love lipstick or whatever it is. Oh, I vaguely remember that one. Makes it, yeah. like where we put it on, like it makes a like it makes people fall madly in love mm. with you. There was the one where Bronson gets the the fish stuck in him. He like swallows that fish thing, and it makes his makes his dick spin spin really fast like a propeller, <laughs> and it like powers like it comes out like powers him like through the water, and he becomes like a really fast swimmer. Yeah, right. Oh, actually, no, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that yeah. was... Yeah. Uh, yes, I do remember that one. Um, I think one of the ones I remember was the, the Cabbage Patch Baby one. Yeah. Where he literally has, like, a baby out in the Cabbage Patch. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, no, there was a lot of really good episodes. Um, there was one with, like, the, the Ice Maiden or the Water Maiden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where um, Bronson's brother, I can't remember his name. Pete. 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 Pete falls in love with, with her, I think. Or it might be Bronson, actually, that falls in love with. Was this one of the latest series? It was one of the latest series. Yeah, because um, there's lots of, like, Pete falling in love with different girls that always ended up going bad for him. Like, I don't know. Like, if I was him, I probably would have just given up on women for a yeah, long just, period just of time until take, he got out of that town. Take a time out. Well, on that, you know, there's another good show we should uh, we should cover sometime. The Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. No. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It was like a show on Nickelodeon. It was like these two brothers, and they were both named Pete. Which is a stupid way to name your children. It is. Starters. It's, it's on the parents there, though. But, yeah. One was like a, a much younger brother. And that was pretty cool. Hmm. But, around the twist, iconic. Just excellent show. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing an episode of it where I was just like, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one. Yeah, no. And if you if you do want to see it, they're actually all up on YouTube as well. On, what was the name of that YouTube channel? I was just showing you. I don't know. But they're all they're all up on there, free to watch, all four series, uh, as well as other iconic Australian TV shows as well through there. Um, Genie from Down Under is actually Genie from Down Under was on there as well. Um, what excellent. lift off, which is a bit weird, but it's you know, very weird. And like talking backpacks and shit, just yeah. Lift off the one that had that weird no face baby doll thing that yes. was like freaky as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. They're like they're like let's entertain the children, but also let's terrorize them a little bit as well. Another cool thing about Around the Twist was, um, I never picked up on this as a kid, but every series actually had an overarching storyline or something going on which spanned the whole series. Right. So yeah, they, right. They I didn't know not, that either. So in every episode, just there would be something small in it, and then the last episode of the series would bring it all together. So yeah, in series one, there was the, they kept talking about hearing strange music in the lighthouse. Yeah. Turns out in the end, Nell, the old lady who oh, used to... Oh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Nell. Uh, it's, it's, apparently it's her, the ghosts of her dead relatives they're up there in the last episode they all come together and help the ghosts help to save the lighthouse from being demolished uh, by Mr Gribble there you go did you end up finding where the actual iconic lighthouse is it's somewhere in Australia obviously I did I didn't note it down though 
I'll have a. I'll just do a quick Google search. Yeah, but I think I? I think the, when you see outside, yeah, I don't know crazy thing that TV shows do. They'll show you the outside shot, and then you think, oh, that doesn't look right inside because they use somewhere else to shoot the inside interior shots. But yeah, but yeah, that happened every single series. There's different ones that were going on. It's pretty cool. Some of the actors though that were in it um, went on to do some pretty cool things. So Jeffrey Walker who was played the second actor to play Bronson. He had other small roles in other shows in Australia, um, although with a leading role in the TV show Ocean Girl. Uh, but he actually ended up turning to directing. He actually directed episodes of Home and Away and Neighbours in Australia, but also uh, Modern Family and Bones as well, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, sort of pretty good uh, resume there. Uh, Home and Away and Neighbours, so he's, he crossed the battle lines. Yeah. Look, I was, when I was just looking up on like a whole bunch of actors, a lot of them... Have starred in either Home and Away, Neighbours, both, um, and things. I think a lot of them were actually play um, were in All Saints as well. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure the woman, the actress that played Mrs. Gribble in the first series, she mm. was a mat. She was a big. Um, she was one of the main cast in All Saints. Yeah, one of the nurses. Yeah, and uh, always greener as well. They seem to have a lot of Australian like different mm. actors in as well. The Lighthouse from Round the Twist is actually. Well, the exterior scenes were shot at the Split Point Lighthouse in Aries Inlet, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. A lot of Australian shows end up, are all done in Victoria, primarily, I've noticed. Especially mm. kids' ones. And the school and some town scenes were shot in Williamstown, Point Lonsdale and Queenscliff, all being located in Victoria. Mm. Uh, Victoria's big, big for a lot of, like you said, yeah, a lot of... TV shows. Yeah, especially kids TV shows seem to be. Oh no, I assume maybe ABC has their filming headquarters or something there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like, even like Blue Healers, was, that was like set in country Victoria. Yeah, right. I wonder what McLeod's Daughters was shot then. I imagine yeah. that would have been in South Wales though. There's a house if you're heading towards my brother's place, when you uh, when you just sort of turn off from Sorrel and you head towards Nugent, there's a house down in this little valley and it kind of looks like the house from McLeod's Daughters. Don't think they shot it there, <laughs> but it does look like it. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, Round the Twist as a kid. I would love to... I might jump on that YouTube channel and watch all the episodes and go through and just watch it all again. See if I can pick up on the overarching uh, storylines there. Um, let me see. Let's see what it's... What's the channel called? It was Twisted Lunchbox. Twisted Lunchbox, of course. If you go in there, Twisted Lunchbox, they've got all the, uh, all the seasons there. To watch, if you go to the channels there, they've got the other channels with the other shows like Journey from Down Under, Lift Off, Spellbinder, Crash Zone, then Legacy of the Silver Shadow, which I'm not too sure what that I haven't is. Haven't seen any of that. Uh, Mortified, I vaguely remember Mortif- Mortified. Looking at it, it looks familiar, but I can't no idea looks, the picture what it is. Familiar. I don't know how they can say they put new videos up every Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They've already got all four seasons up there. What else have they put up? They just they just re uh, remaster the videos every time. <laughs> Make the quality slightly better. Funnily enough, they do have high def versions and just standard on there. So maybe they <laughs> maybe do. Maybe that's what they do. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for for around the twist. Mm. Uh, we didn't, you know, there's not much else you can really say about it. Definitely worth a watch, uh, even if you you, know, you are outside of Australia. Not a bad idea to give it a look at. Yeah, certainly. It was a great show. Definitely uh, helped 
me question things as a small child with the crazy imaginations of Paul Jennings, who, or who we should point out, only, they only did the first two series based off his short stories, as I was pretty sure him and Esmond Storm actually had some sort of falling out and he didn't like what they were doing. And so the last two seasons were just based on short stories by various, various authors. Well, there you go. Uh, also one of the few TV shows with a family in it from back in that era where the dad didn't end up being a sex pest. Oh my god. Hey, it's just, it's, uh, the stats are there. I'm just putting it's, it out there. It's true. It's true, yeah. Well, there were two different dads, wasn't there? There were two different dads. I don't think either of them ever molested anyone. No, well, the the first one, Richard um, Moyer, um, he actually unfortunately got diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1990. Um, to twice to step away. Well, yeah, to step away. Obviously, went had treatment. There's actually a documentary um, based on him covering his therapy called uh, The Bridge at Midnight Trembles. There you go. Mm. So you had a bit of, bit of the um, same problem as Michael J. Fox. Sort of mm. cut down the start of something. Could have been pretty big. Yeah, that's it. Michael, Michael J. Fox's career could have been huge. Could have been, yeah. What, what was it? Was it Spin City? The TV show he was on that when he got diagnosed? Yeah. And you slowly start seeing it. So you see he's always like, moving his hands and stuff. Yeah. Try and cover up. Poor fella. Yeah. Uh, but from, from going around the twist to going around the tracks and trying not to crash or trying to crash the Burnout series Burnout series absolutely fantastic series of racing games more less realistic so more arcadey yeah but that's that's probably what I prefer I like to play a game like um like Grand Turismo and stuff they're good don't get me wrong but if you just want to have a bit of fun that's what you're going with I think that's a problem with a lot of modern games today they do sort of try to make everything too realistic Mm. So, like, a lot of the time you don't play video games to, you know, have that realism. Like, it's nice. It is nice to have it in there. But at the same time, you just play it to escape and just do dumb shit. That's it, exactly. And, uh, I mean, yeah, sure, you want the racing sims. The racing sims are good fun and everything else if you do want that, which I, I still enjoy them. But, you know, you want to have fun. Get fun and racing. Burnout games, for sure. I remember playing... I don't, I don't actually remember playing the original Burnout. No, I don't think I played the original one. But I played, I played the second one, and then number three, the uh, the peak of the series. Definitely, definitely. The Burnout peak of the three takedown, absolute rip snorter mm-hmm. of a game. Yeah, I remember when that came out one summer. Mate had it, so we watched it always around there, playing it. Now Burnout three takedown. I think it, it added enough to it in Burnout three takedown. Because they built on one and two, and then putting the takedown feature in three, which was yeah, in my opinion, that's what made it. And then you could do the the after touch, like if you got taken out as well. Remember, you could you control, like, your, control your your wreck, so yeah, you try and take clean, others out, clean someone else out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we I used to play with my brother all the time. We played it like flat stick. We would sit up till ungodly hours of the morning, playing it like trying to go through the the main sort of mm-hmm. which was long. Well, the main, yeah, the main of, campaign was actually long. Like there was lots you had to do. Yeah, did um, I did used to like, like I love the races with the takedowns. I actually really want to play Burnout Three again now. Yeah, I know because <laughs> I not not that long ago I bought the um, Burnout Paradise remastered, thinking oh yeah that was it. And what that was not it. No. Not exactly what I thought it was because they did change it up with the takedowns and they don't have the crash mode as much such in it, which was awesome. Crash mode was sick. Remember when they got like just the busy intersection, you just got to like drive in there to cause as much carnage as possible. Yeah, I always try to take out buses. 
because buses are good. Yeah. They're big and they knock a lot of shit over. Uh, that was that was really good. Uh, Burnout Paradise wasn't too bad. I, you know, there were some features in it that I thought were pretty cool. Like they gave you the ability to sort of free roam a little bit and just drive to. It was it was completely open world, yeah, which was cool. Uh, did like that. Great soundtracks in the games as well. They weren't bad. Like Burnout Radio and even the guy. I don't know who it was. The guy that did the voice of Burnout. Yeah, there's, there's was it Ryan Sequest. Sequest. I don't think it was. No, I don't think sounds it was. like Ryan no. Sequest. They always got so different ones. Like um, I think on Paradise's DJ Atomica. Who I think the DJs were a hit and miss for some people though, like it's all personal preference whether you actually like them. Some people hated him, other people were like, yeah, it's cool. Um, I, I don't mind it really. I'm a bit indifferent about it. He's there, you know, adds a little bit more to it. Soundtracks were cool as well. Bit though. of flavor. <laughs> yeah. The soundtracks were cool because you could actually like customize them as well. So from the songs that are, are in them, you could select which ones you liked and whether they were going to play or not. I love it when video games do that. Mm. Playing video game at the moment where there's like music that plays in the background while you're loading stuff and you can actually go into the settings and turn off any of the songs you don't like. Yeah, I've cool. turned off one song. It's a Kanye West song. <laughs> I'm just like, nope. Everything else has stayed on there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good not to have that, that little extra customization. But yeah, uh, Burnout 3 Take. I actually went looking for it. I was actually going to try and buy Burnout 3 Take down, and it's not even available on PlayStation Store. Although I would have thought that they would have done a. Yeah, or at I least s- had it on there for you to still buy or something. I searched for it and I could only find Paradise and Legends, I think. Legends? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I had a look, oh, I searched through the PlayStation Store on the website and yeah I saw Legends Crash which is the last thing that they released apparently it's like a top down one where you just like yeah then shit it, yeah it did it really did where you just like didn't they learn made like massive crashes they, yeah they learn anything from GTA top down not cool once you go into 3D you can't go back to top down you can't so uh, but yeah, no, it was good. So, what, first Burnout game. So, what, start, started coming out in 2001. So, well, they had a good 10-year run, I guess, because Burnout Crash came, came out Came out the same year the last season of uh, Round the Twist came out. <laughs> it's true, actually. Very good point. <laughs> That's funny. A little tie together. Um, and by Criterion Games, um, which was originally published under Acclaim Entertainment, uh, just for the first two games, but then EA, um, after... The claim went under. Um, EA bought bought it out because they knew they were working on Burnout Three Takedown as well. Fucking EA. Mm. Oh, they got into bankruptcy. So they bought it and they brought all the IP for Burnout for the Burnout series. And then got Criterion uh, to continue working on it to become the fantastic game that it was. Um, so what Criterion software actually developed the the actual game engine renderware that was used in it for everything for rendering the 3D graphics and everything else. Um, and that was also the same engine that was used by Rockstar North for GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas. There you go. That's, uh, that's very interesting. So it's, you know, if you put it together like that, there's you know there's four iconic games running off that that were, that were part of that engine. That like, game engine. Yeah, it's been retired engine. now though. Because apparently when, after EA bought them, other game people who were using it got worried about what EA would do. You know, EA has that notorious fucking reputation of dogging the boys. Uh, I think I, I really liked about Burnout, especially Burnout Three, is when you're racing, 
like when you actually are like racing and you're like doing takedowns and stuff but when you're going around corners and stuff the way like the wind rushes past the car mm. it gives you like that real feeling of speed like you are like well, I'm fucking hooning right now mm. and yeah no it's sick yeah no it's definitely something the Burnout series did really well and they did make you feel like you were yeah like you were actually driving real fucking fast yeah and that when you crashed you knew that's why you were spinning out because you were going fast yeah no it was it was really good uh, the way they did it big fan of that uh, now wasn't there something some sort of on that was there some controversy around them offering to pay or reimburse anyone that got a speeding <laughs> ticket in the UK on the day that it was released or something like that yeah I'm not sure what the date was yeah but they did make a promotion that they were going to yeah for one day and one day only reimburse speeding tickets for an aggressive driving so, um, so road toll goes through the fucking yeah, roof um, obviously that was shut down pretty quickly by the UK government uh, they were like no that's that's not a good promotion we do, do not do that I wonder why <laughs> um, but it wasn't the first time a claim had done tried to do crazy or, or um, promotions for one of their games so that when they released Turok Evolution they actually offered for whoever could prove or offering for the first child born on the 1st of September in 2002 um that was named to rock that they would pay $10,000 in saving bonds, bonds to go towards the child's college tuition that's pretty awesome and the kid only had to have like the name to rock for a year or something for a, yeah like after a year they could legally change they could it legally to something different what the fuck would you Turok's a sick name <laughs> you know wish my parents had called me Turok mm. oh no and unfortunately we could not find any confirmation whether or not someone we actually did it extensively and we couldn't find yeah. whether anyone did it uh, so if your name's Turok and you were born on the 1st of September 2002, hit us up. Let us know, because we'd, we'd really love to know if someone was and someone actually did it. Now, the features, see, I mean, when you, when you think about Burnout, you really do just think about Burnout 3 takedown, don't you? You do. It's the first one that springs to mind. I was just thinking then, there's one or two, well, there's a couple of them in, in the crash mode where you have to, like, you're not just, like, driving into traffic. There's actually, like, a couple where you go off, like, a massive ramp mm-hmm. and you're, like like falling down and like crashing into shit so good oh yeah I'd really love to get my hands on a copy of that again um what was it it on was it on PS2 or PS3 pretty sure it was PS2 yeah yeah no it's definitely on PS2 definitely on PS2 I'll have a look around the uh the buy sell pages and the ebays I might get one and can have a night over at my place drinking beers and playing Mm -hmm. that'd be sick now it has the old split screen as well which is cool that's the thing games anymore well, not very often. No, not very often. Yeah, won heaps of awards too. Burnout 3 Takedown won multiple awards. Got um, The developers got nominated for Designer of the Year for it. Um, that year, both PlayStation Magazine and Xbox Magazine respectively ranked it as their Game of the Year above GTA San Andreas and Halo 2. And we got heaps of perfect scores and is still considered to be one of the best games within the racing genre. I wish I'd known that when I was in high school. This guy that I went to school with, and he was a massive Halo nerd, and he was always saying about how Halo was the best game ever, and blah blah blah. We weren't blessed with the uh, the internet as being as good as it was as it is now. Mm. But if I'd have had those stats on hand, I would have loved to have shut him down with a bit of that, and just been like, yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, Criterion Games doesn't really make Burnout games anymore, as evidenced by the lack thereof. Um, but if you do want to see they, their input, they were actually given the reins of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, not the original one, Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit, not that one, 
the newer one, as well as Need for Speed Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, after jokingly asking EA Games if they could work on the Need for Speed games, because I didn't realise, but Need for Speed games have been like three heaps of different like subsidiaries of EA yeah. for making, and they were just like, meh. What's the worst that could happen? They should have stuck with the ones that made the Underground series. Mm, what's funny is I'm pretty sure Underground came out around the same time as Need Speed 3. I reckon it would have been because I, oh, I remember Sorry. my brother and I used to play that as well. We used to sit around and play Burnout or mm. uh, Need for Speed Underground. Because they both had good soundtracks. Oh. That's one that's, I mean, that's one good thing about EA obviously has an ex- access to an extensive music library they're allowed to use they do made evidence by like even in like their boxing games and stuff like that mm. like Fight Night and all of them they uh, they yeah they have a huge catalogue they can draw on uh, which is pretty cool mm, but yeah and eventually because of EA Stooging Criterion ended up taking like 80% of the staff and moving them to another subsidiary called Ghost Games to keep making the Need for Speed games and left the remaining staff as advisors for the Need for Speed series um, however, the people that actually came up with, uh, or originally worked on Criterion Games, started a new company called Three Fields Entertainment, and they've actually made their own series of games called Danger Zone Racing Games. Uh, so obviously, and that has, yeah, a l- you can see a lot of the import from Burnout in those games. I haven't yeah. played them, but I looked at some videos, and you can see it's there. That whole crash and takedowns and everything else. And all of that sort of jargon uh, but they were they were looking at make a criterion wanted to make like what was going to be the biggest burnout game ever when they were going to make they were going to make one that included like ATVs motorbikes helicopters all of that sort of stuff mm. and then EA was like nope nope uh, we'll squash that which really sucks because that would have been cool oh it would have been awesome yeah a game with all those elements with the roots of burnout. I imagine flying around helicopters doing takedowns. It's like fucking boing and just crashing into other people. We went good. I'd rate it. Oh yeah. Crashing into yeah, like other helicopters, buildings, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah, maybe that's why they didn't make it. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why they didn't make it. Um they want the jet fuel to melt steel beams. Oh um yeah, you know what else I miss about yeah, games from that era though? And I'll, I'll probably bring this up multiple times on multiple different episodes. Really miss good companion booklets for like games. Like when you get the, when you get like a game and you get the little booklet and you'd open inside, it up. That was inside and have the case. Like, yeah, like in the case. And it'd have like, you know, like bios on the characters and like all of like some backstory, some information, some stuff for you to read. Now it's just like these are the controls. This is it. Sometimes yeah, they don't, don't even have don't, that. You don't get that because they yeah they have they're tutorial, put into the game. They put tutorial, yeah. tutorials. But that was one of the things I really used to like about video games. Like getting the booklet and having to read through it. And they were thick, weren't they? They were. Thick. I remember some PlayStation really ones, especially like the PlayStation One ones. Yeah, they were like Metal Gear Solid and stuff. Like had thick books, mm. and they were really um they were really cool. And like even like maps and stuff they used to put in there, like they put the map in with um, San Andreas, mm, like the map, cool. which was cool, which is more of just a poster because like who's actually sitting there with a map going like oh look, look at all this. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but the maps were cool though. Like I think like some of the original Assassin's Creed games also had maps in them, mm. 
which was cool. I mean, you can, like, lay it out and get, like, a massive fucking, I guess, layout of where you were going and what was going on. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever used the map to navigate, though, because you could just use your mini-map in the game. Yeah, well, you could. I mean, probably not, probably not for navigation. But if you want to get your bearings, sometimes I would. I think more so, like, Red Dead. Yeah. Except that. Or if you were finding out. secrets, and, like, mm. say, if you were hunting down, like, certain objects... You could always sort of like actually, cross it that off. That was a cool cross thing about GTA map. 5 map. There was a GTA 5 map they released, and I think if you actually put it under a blue light, certain stuff came up to help you, help you find secrets. Yeah. Which is cool. That is very cool. Yeah, that's missing from gaming now, and I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. No, upsets me. So, yeah. Uh, overall, great series. Obviously, number three, the Burnout series, was the best. Uh, not even in our opinion, just that's a fact it is, it is, it is a fact it is the best out of the three and still uh, to this oh, day could oh, very three, well the be the best racing game ever made yeah yeah 100% going from that from a uh, game where it's very hard to die to die hard film series I don't know I don't know about that one well you don't really die in take in burnout no you can't you it can't is die. yeah I don't ever fucking question my speed ways. <laughs> but the Die Hard film series, fantastic. Oh, excellent. Got, got my boy Bruce in it. Your boy Bruce? Mm. The uh, third one's got, also got our boy Sam, Samuel. Samuel. Big fan. De- definitely a big fan. Yeah, I mean, shit. Actually, having said that, I'm probably more just a big fan of number one and number three. Wasn't a big fan of two. Four was meh. Five was pretty average. Five, five was pretty garbage, really. Well, I haven't seen it. It's not that great. Mm-hmm. So, not worth it. Nah, wouldn't mm-hmm. waste your time. Uh, but yeah, the film series itself is great, but the obviously the first in the series is the iconic greatest Christmas movie of all time. Die Hard. Die Hard. The second one's also set at Christmas. Yeah, but the second one wasn't very good. Wasn't a big fan of the second one. Second but are they both Christmas movies? They are both Christmas They're movies. They're both of them? Okay. I was going to say, you can't say one is without the other one. No. Then. The second one was actually the, the theme for one of the arcade games, I'm pretty sure. We're going like, through the airport and shooting stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. First one, though, starred, sadly, late Alan Rickman. Yes. Who uh, was, obviously, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, great. Great. Bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was such a such a like a calculating sort of dick, mm. and yeah, very smug. He was. He was very very smug. Uh, one of the best scenes, I think, one of my favourite scenes is when he's there and he's talking about talking to the like, the hostages and he's saying like, "There's no escape. No one's going to save you. Like we're in control." And then the lift opens and there's a guy there strapped mm. to a chair and he's got written across the front of him, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, that was good. I think Bruce Willis was perfect for this role. Yeah, he's, um, de- like, yeah, no, definitely, you would have thought that the role was made for him, but it really, really wasn't. So, looking at it, apparently um, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't originally offered the role. He turned to Dan because he wanted to try it doing comedy at the time of course um, he was off the first role though because he was like the biggest action star at the, at the time um, then he said no he's wanted to do comedy and ultimately went on to make Twins 
Great film in its own right. Which is no, it's still good, and it's fair enough. He, he, it's a good breakout for him. But I actually have here a list of the other actors that were offered the role before Bruce Willis. Okay, get ready for this. So, some of them so it may seem like strange strange ones. So, Richard Gere. Clint Richard fucking Gere. Richard Gere. Has he ever been in an action movie? Not full on action. No. There's been action going on around him. Doesn't count. <laughs> um, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Burt Reynolds. Sylvester Stallone. Harrison Ford, Don Johnson, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, and Richard Dean Anderson. And Willis himself also turned down the role when it was first offered to him because he was working on moonlighting at the time and wasn't able to actually commit to being able to do a movie. To clarify, you mean the TV show Moonlighting. He wasn't just working on finding a second job. (laughs) No, he... (laughs) I too mean the TV show. He wasn't just working on Moonlighting. No. No. Um... Well, we do actually remember Moonlighting. It was um, was on after school sometimes. I'm pretty sure it was it was on when they'd give Mash a break, and then <laughs> this is enough Mash for, for people for now. That's not. Let's give him some Moonlighting. <laughs> uh, and it was about him and this lady, and they were like private detectives, like private eyes, mm-hmm. but sort of sort of thing. It was a pretty good. It was alright show. Mm. It's still weird seeing him with hair. Like even in the first Die Hard, he's got hair, and it's weird. It is, it is hard seeing him with hair. Did he have hair in... Hair, hair. Did he did have he hair, hair in Last Boy Scout? I think he did. I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did. I Just remember so him know, on that's the cover. Pro- that probably is my favourite Bruce Willis movie. By Last Boy Scout? Yeah. It is a very fucking good movie. Um, but fortunately, his co-star Sybil Shepherd in Moonlighting actually fell pregnant, um, which meant they had to halt production of the show for 11 weeks, which gave him the opportunity to be able to then take on the role of uh, John McClane. Um, she was actually paid $5 million for which was huge at the time big money uh, yeah huge money um, usually only paid for like, big big stars like people like Dustin Hoffman at the time yeah you did have hair in Last Boy Scout as well he did yeah. yeah but yeah Fox just said they justified the the cost as they were reliant on their lead actor for the film um, however it's heavily speculated that they just didn't want to lose another actor because they'd already been turned down by so many others Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. But like thinking about it now, like I can't think of anyone else who who would have played that role. I think if anyone else had done it, it wouldn't have been as good. No, but is that just because you're used to it? That's true. That's true. I I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it though, especially Richard Gere. That one really like threw me. Like you never know. Kind of, I can't imagine Richard Gere crawling through like air vents and be like. Like, yeah, come up to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. Um, I can't, I can't picture that. Think, well, the thing is, apparently Fox didn't really picture Bruce doing it either, because he'd been in com- like more comedic roles at the time as well, and hadn't didn't have any as big a star power as obviously the other names they were trying to get, or star power as an action movie actor. So he actually was was not the main focus of promoting the films either. Well, there you go. Uh, and on the matter of promoting the films for the 30th anniversary they recut it as like a Christmas movie didn't they they recut a trailer yeah recut a trailer yeah. like a heartwarming <laughs> Christmas movie yeah because yeah Fox obviously know about the ongoing debate is it or is it not a Christmas movie um, obviously they have taken the side of yes it can be a Christmas movie well uh, fun fact about that is actually that it, the words like words like Christmas and and Santa and all those sorts of things 
actually appear more in Die Hard than some actual like 100% bona fide Christmas movies and I think it was even like White Christmas isn't even set at like a movie which is one of the most famous Christmas movies of all time isn't actually set at Christmas time but Die Hard actually movies. is yeah. hmm. so if you go off with that then yeah there's a lot of lot of compelling arguments I've always thought of it as a Christmas movie because uh, I hate Christmas and this is a good one because it's like it's a Christmas movie but there's a lot of killing in it but there's a lot of killing which in it which is good just, yeah. like, just like real Christmas yeah the only, only other one thing I thought yeah, the only other movie that's like a Christmas movie that I, I did enjoy is Home Alone oh yeah because that's set at Christmas time it is that would be a Christmas movie it would be well. a Christmas movie but again it's violent <laughs> it's to a lesser degree but yes definitely to a lesser degree yeah. actually, well actually to be truth I don't know if it would be considered less violent he set someone on fire yeah like I was just thinking like he does some pretty nasty shit people. to those guys <laughs> I remember that movie the fucking pigeon lady in the park scared the shit out she of me when I was scary. I was like well, that's, the sec- ah. yeah, that's, right. that's the second one ah uh, the second one that is yeah. the second one when he's in New York yeah, yeah. yeah. but hey she helps him in the end she's, spoilers. she's a nice lady spoilers if you haven't watched it by now fuck <laughs> yeah, your spoilers that's it um, um, but back to Die Hard so Die Hard movies well the first one was actually based on on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever sounds like a James Bond movie which does sound like the title for a James Bond movie <laughs> possibly it is who knows possibly it is there's been a lot of them um, which is actually a sequel to another book called The Detective which had already been adapted into a movie in 1968 starred Frank Sinatra um, he played the lead role um, of Detective Joe Leland. Um, so when Fox started adapting Nothing Lasts Forever, they were actually contractually obligated to offer Frank Sinatra the role for John McClane. And Frank Sinatra turned it down because he was now like 70 years old. Which, thankfully, he did. Because that would have been horrendous. It would have been awkward, um, I think, watching a 70-year-old Frank Sinatra try and take down. Again, ca- crawling through air vents. <laughs> yeah. Now I know how TV dinner feels. Now she talked about the um, air vent scene. Did you know that the the scene where he's like hanging in like the, the elevator shaft or whatever he has to jump, like he's hanging in his gun, he's, yeah. he's using his gun and the strap from it to go down. Yeah. So apparently the strap broke when it wasn't meant to. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so that jump that the stunt actor does um, over to it ended up making it into the final cut. That's actually him. Like, yeah, that did not go as planned. Yeah. Nah, that's crazy. I didn't know, did not know that at all. One thing I I found out was there's actually a TV show. It's on, I think it's on Netflix. It's called like Hollywood Weapons or something like that. Mm. And it's about this guy who's like an ex-military dude, and he also works with this special effects expert, and they do basically MythBusters all around weapons in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And they tested the scene where John McClane's hanging from the side of the building. And he like shoots the holes in the glass and then swings out and like smashes through. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, when he, he's got the, the fire hose. When he's him. on the fire, he's got the fire hose. And obviously, the guy that did it, they had him heavily covered and padded and everything. And they said, yes, it's possible, but he would have been cut to fucking ribbons in just a tank top. Like, oh, yeah. It would have fucked him up real bad. Funny you should bring that scene up as well, because apparently that was one of the first scenes that they that they shot when they started filming the movie 
And so apparently the only do is like a five foot drop or something that he jumped over the side of onto like one of those big bags that actors jump onto. So yeah. Bruce Willis actually did it. But then apparently the explosion that then came from the building actually threw him and almost threw him off the bag. So he didn't almost land on it. Oh, shit. Yeah, and apparently he actually questions like, why the hell did we just do such a dangerous scene at the beginning of shooting? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Didn't uh, So Bruce Willis obviously is not on the side of it being Christmas film apparently he's not he said he said so during his roast uh, apparently he was asked a question he said Die Hard is not a Christmas film it's a goddamn Bruce Willis film but as part of a roast you know hmm. do, you, do you take that with a grain of salt I think you should I think you should too there's actually a, an adult storybook that's been made as well based on the first movie it's like a Christmas storybook for adults <laughs> that's cool which is pretty damn cool what about books as well? There's actually been a comic book made as well, which is like uh, set 10 years before the events of the actual first movie is John McClane is a rookie cop in New York, which is pretty cool. Apparently I think there's like nine issues or something of it. And like they think only released like one a year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. They'd be pretty cool to get hold of. It is, well, yeah. And that's now well, what's going to be used as a potential prequel movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use a lot of that. Like, so what comics are called Die Hard Year One. Right, like Batman Year One? Yeah. Yeah, pretty similar, yeah. Mm. Don't know if they're... If they're taking the piss know. there, or what are they doing? Yeah, they're taking the piss, or just, you know, pushing the bounds of, are we going to get sued? <laughs> we like to play that game sometimes. <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> but after Disney acquired Fox, um, they cancelled that movie, but they are looking at the possibility of making a TV series as a prequel potentially may or may not be called just McLean. So that would actually be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Bruce Willis wanted to actually do a sixth movie and just end it like mm. have like a final act. Which would would have been cool. Yeah, uh, yeah actually giving like a proper, you know, fight last hurrah, I guess. Because that'd be what that would be his most iconic role, you would say? Surely. It'd have to be. I mean even if they like made it so that it was like He's like fighting these terrorists. He beats the terrorists, climbs into like the helicopter to leave, and then has a heart attack and dies. Fade to black. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> Die Hard Six. Dead. Die Hard. Oh shit. But one thing I noticed that of like I really enjoy is the line "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker" is used in every Die Hard movie. Good. And I actually was always when I was watching the the fifth one, they really leave it till right at the end, and I was like, like they're not they're not gonna fucking do it. They're not gonna use it. Mm. And then right at the end, spoilers, he says it. <laughs> Spoiler. Wonder if that's something he came up with himself, or whether it was actually in the script. I don't know. It's it sounds kind of ad libbed, mm. like because like when Alan Rickman's like typical American cowboy, and he's like, you be gay, motherfucker. Good shit. Yes, definitely, definitely a very iconic line that one. I remember playing the um, Die Hard PS One game as well. What are you doing that? You, I've never played any Die Hard game. Well, you can play Die Hard. There's like a Die Hard trilogy game for the PS One, so you could oh, back when it was a trilogy, uh, obviously, and so you can play through the events of Die Hard One, where you like start off in the parking garage and you the first the person shooter or third person, third person, oh. and then. Die Hard 2 is they just basically did like a port of the arcade game so it's like a shooter but it's like that's like a first person 
person shooter in the same sort of vein as um what, Doom or something or no more so that? like um like Time Crisis okay yeah that sort oh, of style okay. like an yeah. arcade shooter mm. uh, and then the third one because like it's so heavily around like the taxi being driven everywhere you actually get to drive the taxi through the streets of New York and yeah, you have right. to race to locations to solve problems mm. and stuff that was pretty cool and yeah one of the things as uh, video games were very good on back then just randomly having catchphrases pop up so you just be like shooting people and then you'd just be like yippee-ki motherfucker <laughs> it was just pretty cool um, I really liked the third one the one with uh, Samuel Jackson in it it's a really really good film um, a film film uh, it was based on was that based on a book uh, that one was what was that one based on uh, so no, no that was adapted from a script from a different script called Simon Says so you can see where those elements came through um, and then so that movie obviously didn't go ahead it was then given to I can't remember which company company universal maybe do they do the lethal weapon movies who knows maybe paramount but yeah possibly uh but yeah so then that script was actually considered as being the script for lethal weapon 4 right um which obviously didn't happen again and then fox bought script and remade it to be what we know it now as die hard with a vengeance yeah which is yeah uh, my second favorite in the series uh on the t- subject of lethal weapon though uh, Bruce Willis actually reprised his role as John McClane for Loaded Weapon 1. National Lampoon. National Lampoon's film. Mm. He went uncredited as well for it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, appeared in that as John McClane. Back when National Lampoon's were making good movies. Mm-hmm. The glory days. Again, with Samuel L. Jackson. Glory days. Oh, that was uh, Emilio, Emilio and Samuel L. Fucking Emilio. If we can get an Emilio into every episode, I'd be really happy. <laughs> No, I, I can do that. We well, can <laughs> just randomly say it. Uh, when are we doing Mighty Ducks? He was in Mighty Ducks, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was. He was the coach. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think he was in all three as well. Yeah. yeah. Which you can watch all of on Disney+. Plus. Not a sponsor. No, no affiliation. No, 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 no affiliation. Unless they want us to be. In and which case, we are, we'll, we're down to be. If they want to you know, be a part of the, the process, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, and then I think you found that there was a lot of... It sort of opened up or paved the way for a lot of different... Uh, movie formula rip-offs yes. or knock-offs. Well, Not knock-offs. No, I wouldn't say knock but it's considered of, yeah, setting up the formula for those, like, lone hero goes up against... In a world. Yeah, in a world. No, it goes up against a whole bunch of, you know, terrorists or a bunch of bad dudes in an isolated setting. Um, which then started the trend of movies that followed to be nicknamed Die Hard on a blank, such as Under Siege, Die Hard on a Battleship, Passenger 57, Die Hard on a Plane, Speed, Die Hard on a Bus. Speed, known by its official title, the bus that couldn't slow down. But it could, like, you, it didn't, could. you didn't want it to. But you didn't it want it to. I think I was explaining that to you before. That's actually like a, a hilarious Simpsons reference where mm-hmm. Homer's explaining to his friends that he watched this movie. Lenny, I think he's talking to Lenny and Carl. And he's like, I watched this movie and the bus, this bus had to speed all the way through the city and it couldn't let its speed drop below 80 miles an hour. If it let its speed go below that, it would explode. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down because mm-hmm. he'd used speed so much through it. 
was, yeah, like a little nice little, nice little nod. No, that was good. Good piano work. work. Yeah, there was. There was. He didn't come back to the second one, did he? Yeah, no, he was on the second one. The second was one was on a boat. It was, yeah. Lonely Island style. Yeah, the boat that couldn't slow down. Yeah, the boat couldn't slow down. <laughs> Brody McBoatface couldn't slow down. But, yeah, no. Don was very much set for paving the way for that sort of formula um, that you'd see heavily then used, I guess, over, over the next decade in the 90s. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like, um, yeah, like a lot of great sort of one-liners and like little catchphrases that he uses. Mm. I'm like, I still love that scene where Hans Gruber like is falling out of the window and like he's like falling oh, to his death. I have a funny fact about that actually. Ooh, so me. apparently Alan Richmond was dropped early. So like when the child or <laughs> no, oh, no okay. at the window. Right. <laughs> for the scene so apparently he was released earlier than he got told he was going to so the actual look on his face is actually him being like oh shit something's gone wrong why am I falling now how did they not kill anyone in the fucking making of this movie <laughs> um so yeah I apparently got real pissed about it too I can imagine I'd be pretty fucking unhappy myself so yeah like you already tried to kill Bruce now you're fucking trying to kill me what are you just doing <laughs> trying to kill the stunt man um yeah, in in regards to other things that w- where things went wrong, I think it was which movie was it? Live Free or Die Hard. So uh, Bruce actually took a stiletto heel to the face during a fight scene that he was in, and he was like, "Oh no, it's cool, I'm Bruce Willis. It doesn't hurt that much." He was like, "It was no big deal." But then the director actually checked him. And he's like, "Mate, I can see bone." Yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So he had to go to hospital, and up getting like seven stitches in his face. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty badass. It is. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. That's very John McClane, though. Like, mm. Those that stitches were, like, around his eyebrows, so that means the cut must have been, like, really close to his temple as well. Like, it's pretty lucky. Yeah. He could have, uh, Brandon lead it very quickly. Brandon Lee, the crow, died on set. No, nothing. Uh, okay. Bruce's, Bruce's son. Bruce's son. Not Bruce Willis's son. No, Bruce Lee's Let son. Bruce Lee's son. Yes. It's a tragedy. It is. It's upsetting. It is very sad. Uh, yeah, obviously some characters couldn't be recurring, such as Hans Gruber, because he died. No, but spoiler alert, they got his brother. Yeah, in um, in, in the third one. In the third one. Yeah, yeah died with vengeance. Hmm. Which is He's aptly some. named because his brother wants to get vengeance for for Brucey Babe killing Hans. Hans. Yeah. Which apparently there was actually an alternate ending filmed for that movie as well. Oh, really? Where, spoiler alert, <laughs> again, if you haven't seen these movies by now. They're pretty old, like. Yeah. Um, Pushing So, well, at the end of the third movie, he shoots him down the helicopter. Or no, he shoots him down the power lines, doesn't he? And they um, take down the helicopter that he's in, and he dies when he's trying to get away. Yeah. So, alternate ending was he actually did get away, um, and. John McClane becomes the scapegoat for everything that happened so he gets fired from his job gets his pension cut and everything like they fuck him over hard Uh, so he actually goes out and takes vengeance on him actually goes and hunts Simon down and then decides to play a form of Russian roulette with a Chinese rocket launcher without any sights on it so you can't tell which end is which and yeah like goes through a series of questions or asks him like some questions and yeah ends up making him blow a rocket shaped hole through his stomach Wow. Now, apparently, if you do want to see that on ending, it is on special edition DVD release for the movie, um, but it has ultimately gone against because it just didn't go, like, didn't fit the character. 
yeah. of John McClane because he doesn't go out and vent his killings. He kills in self-defence, but he doesn't actively go out and hunt people down to kill them. Yeah, I mean, if it was like John Rambo or something, it'd be different. Mm. Mm. John Rambo loves killing people. He does. Fucking big on it. He's big on it. <laughs> big on it. But yeah, like, that's... Um, yeah, that, that would have been cool. I might actually go check that out. I don't think I have a special edition copy of it, but I'm sure I could YouTube it. Oh, sure. Most things are on YouTube these days. Uh, Whether or not you can get to it before they get taken down or not. Copyright strikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you know the fifth film was going to potentially be called Die Hard 24-7? 24-7? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know why, but it led to speculation that um, it was actually going to have Jack Bauer, so Kiefer Sutherland's character from 24 uh, in it. That makes uh, sense. But then... No, it got changed and it was never mentioned again. They should make him have a cameo as John McClane in, like, the fourth John Wick film and have Keanu kill him. Ooh, you reckon? Why kill him? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's, that's, how, cool. that, that's how I want the John Wick films to finish, actually. I want them to finish with... I want a definitive end where either um, John gets out and gets to live his life the way he wants to, or yeah. or dies in a blaze of glory. I think to do it, no, I think it has to like. I think those it has to be there because they do it like and it's like oh he went off and he lived a happy life, you know, or whatever else. And if another few years, someone would be like, you know what made some money? Those John Wick films. Yeah, he walked off into the sunset, didn't he? Let's bring Let's him out bring of retirement. I'd love it if like the end of like the last John Wick film, the whole plot thread is that. But this is my theory be great the whole plot thread at the end of it is this whole thing's been inside the rebooted matrix because remember that rebooted the matrix and Lawrence Fishburne's in it (laughs) Keanu Reeves in it they just need the chick to play Trinity I can't I don't know her name Uh, no oh I do know her name I was about to say Carrie Fisher though and it's not Carrie Fisher I think it's Carrie someone though yeah that'd be cool hmm was she in she was in Daredevil also the Netflix Marvel TV series Hmm. She played the lawyer. Yeah. Hmm. Lesbian lawyer. That's correct. She likes the ladies. That is what that means. Yeah. Well done. I was, I was pretty down <laughs> with that. I was like, it's all right. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm down with this. Especially like towards the end. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. We are. We've gone very off topic. We've gone very off topic. Um, I think the trilogy's, like, even though I don't like the second one that much, I could still watch it. Um, I think the trilogy, but the, the early three are definitely the best. No, they um, waited 12 years before they started after that, so... In the fourth one, spoilers again, he does take down a helicopter using a car, which is pretty fucking cool. He yeah, like, pretty cool. He, like, sets his car to, like, just, like, fucking hoon off. Obviously, had only just had a wheel alignment, so it was driving straight. <laughs> and just launches it up this big fucking ramp and takes out a helicopter with it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then I think someone in the scene, like, asks him, why'd you do that? And he's like, I ran out of bullets. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that that movie was actually meant to come out earlier than it did, too. Um, was actually slated to come, or we put into production in 2001. Uh, but then there was that thing that happened in 2001. What happened in 2001, Josh? The thing, no, thing, the thing that happened. The thing that happened in September. Yeah, the thing that happened in September in 2001. So they were like, yeah, we oh, can't really... Yeah, no. Terrorist movie's probably not yeah, a really good thing. Terrorist movie's where we're going to go with this. I mean... Um, Funny enough, know, they, could have, they could have made a movie about the government doing an inside job on a terrorist attack. Uh, oh, no, they couldn't. 
No, I don't think it. Uh, but no, that was actually based on a journalistic article as well by um, a journalist called John Carlin, titled "A Farewell to Arms," um, as and then also adapted with a script um, called www3.com, which was based on a large-scale cyber terrorism attack on the USA. No, they did not know that. So yeah, it was pretty cool. And then the last one was the only film that apparently was a completely original idea and didn't take any other source material for it, which may explain why it was so shit. Yeah, uh, that pretty well, yeah, it does explain why it was so shit. <laughs> Someone thought that their own idea was good enough. Yeah. When it was There's your first mistake. Mm. Uh, don't ever think your ideas are good enough. <laughs> That's the one where he goes and finds out his son's been working with the CIA and... Yeah, it's, it's like set in Russia as well. Mm, yeah, that's it. Russia. Mother Russia. Which was, um... There's a little while there where a lot of movies were set in them sort of places. Hmm. That's it. Well, what? Well, okay, well, we have we had Hans Gruber. What was he? He was meant to be like a German bad dude in the he first German. one. Um, second one was... Were they American? They were American terrorists, yeah. Yeah, they were American terrorists. Third one, well, Germany again. Germany again, Hans Gruber's brother. Yeah. Unless his brother was born in another country. <laughs> we had a very normal name, Simon. Simon. <laughs> um, then we had the fourth one, which was the cyber terrorists. Were they American again? Mm, not sure. It's been a while since I watched it. And then fifth one, which is Russians. Russians. Suka. Yeah, but all in all, Die Hard series is fantastic. Die oh, Hard. Yes. First movie, look. If you're not going to watch all of them, at least watch that one because it is fantastic, super iconic, and an all-round great action film. And you should really watch it on Christmas Eve. I should. I actually, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. Mm, I reckon um, I will be. My wife's going to be away, so I will watch uh, Die Hard at home and have a, a bit of food. Maybe have a couple of beers. Just a couple. Just a couple. Yeah. But yeah, come time to uh, consult, consult des- the... Deaths of Hastony. The Deaths of Hastony. The Hats of Destiny. Yeah. We are a little seedy while we're uh, recording this episode. It's so true. That's brains, aren't, brains aren't functioning as well <laughs> as they could be. Uh, might just add, before we do do the draw, that uh, this episode is rather timely considering it, the date that we release it is going to be about a week, about 10 days, 11 days out from Christmas. Um, it will be. I've got a calculator. Uh, all right, not a calculator. Don't go into your calculator. I do that every time I go to go into my calendar. I open up my calculator. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, oh, it's going to be a week and a half before Christmas. But this is the last episode we released before Christmas Day. Yeah. So, so, yeah, little quinky dink. Quinky dinky. All right, let's do the draw. All right. Alright, so you go. Okay. So what do I have here? Uh huh. The TV hat. Um, we've got Fraser. Fraser, nice. Frazier. The uh, great opening intro theme. I can't remember. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. It's really good. I'm not going to sing it though because I'll butcher it. Really? Yeah. Fraser. Fraser. Most successful spin-off TV series ever. Of all time. The time, that is all. Alright, what we got next? Alright. And this one is the video game hat. It's Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk's. It's the way you've written it. Looks like Tom Hanks. And I'm like, 
why it's Tom Hanks what, what, what game was Tom Hanks in um, Toy Story games Toy Story games man imagine if they made a game of Forrest Gump that would have been sick what just run <laughs> just running <laughs> they made the Pepsi game that was pretty much just running I was running I was running you go to Vietnam you go to all kinds of shit true true uh, and the movie hat one hopes we, we would hope fuck yes Blues Brothers the Brothers Blue you can, I can actually finally get you to watch it and enjoy the greatness that it is oh we'll have to watch it now that's true yeah great great film great comedy in it um excellent soundtrack start what happens if I don't like it well then that's this, that'll be the last episode of the podcast and we'll never speak again <laughs> um I'd, I'd be very very surprised if you didn't like it um, no I've heard good things I've I think I've may have started watching it a couple of times just ended up falling asleep no I actually am excited then to watch it because it's something I have been meaning to watch because I have only ever heard good things about it so it's a star studded movie it's got lots of big name musicians in it um like you got Aretha Franklin, Cab Calloway, um, John Lee Hooker, Ray Charles, like a lot of big names. You know? Yeah, wow. James Brown. Um, he plays a preacher, hmm. which is pretty spot on because he sort of sounds like a like a, one of those really over the top evangelical <laughs> preachers. <laughs> That's gold. Uh, which is which is yeah really cool. And then you've got obviously got Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi hmm. as the main characters, and John Candy's in it as well. But uh, yeah, more on that next time. More on that next time. Uh, I got very excited because it's one of my favourite movies of all time. You did, you did. Uh, <laughs> it, but yeah, until next time, you're up, Sunshine. You've been listening to the Cold of Popularity podcast. Cop that. <laughs>